Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather, so I'm going to give you news and views from a West Texans, a biblical point of view, one you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Guys, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of topics to cover um, today, you guys. And I'm going to dedicate an entire episode, not this one, but an entire episode to vaccine injury, vaccine deaths, and what the vaccine is doing to the world population. I know you guys are like, that is like y'all conspiracy theories. Well, I mean, you know, if you still think that, hello, McFly, hello, folks. Uh, wake up and smell what the hecky darn is going on around here, guys. Um, murdering people on a mass scale, murdering people, and people think that Hitler was only after the Jews. No, squirt. I understand. You hear my dog in the background. He's upset about that. Um, people think that that's all. No, he had a whole list of people that he was going to go after. Okay, Jews were number one. Um, then he was going to go after Asians. He was going to go after um, Russians. He was going to go all kinds of different people. He was going to kill them all until he had his quote unquote superior race. And so we see everything in this world right now. Same thing. We had the Klaus Schwab at the Fourth Industrial Revolution. I uh, have all of these people, and these are their plans. They are evil to the core, evil and wicked. And I look around the world today, and I think, oh my goodness gracious, you guys, everything, everything is coming together, just like the Bible says. And I watched um, Athy Creek with Pastor Meter. I love him, you guys. If you haven't watched his prophecy update, uh, what are you waiting for? I'll link it um, in the comments or in the, yeah, whatever you want to call it, description thingy. Here you go. I'll link that. And then you guys, please, if you listen, if you can just listen to it, like whatever, you know, check him out. I love him. And um, anyway, he's in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> if you guys are in Portland. Um, so I was like, what is going on? Everything. And so I look at the suicide rates among teenagers among early 20s and 30 year olds and the depression they even have a name for it they're called dooms doomsdayers or doomsers or something like that and i was like you know look around, and i have neighbors i have some neighbors and uh one of them um she is a female and but she thinks she's a male and now she thinks she is i don't even know what and so i feel absolutely terrible for her and then the funny thing is okay so she's considered herself as trans and uh, yeah, I think that, you know, to me for the kids, okay, you know, when we were kids and we were always, we were rebelling, right? As kids, you know, in the eighties and the whatever, we had our thing, right? And, uh, and so, we, and so whatever, right? And so I think to them, to the kids in our, this generation, that's their way of rebelling, I think maybe. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not real for sure, but to me, that's kind of what it is. And so anyway, so she is now transitioning to be a he, but she's dating a guy. Uh, I don't understand this whole thing, and I don't think we're really supposed to as Christians. We don't. We just know that it is wicked, right? And I look at um, all of all of the suicides, all of the depression, all, all of this, and I roll it into one thing. We have fallen away from God and his biblical standards and his morals. And so God told us, um, how to live our lives, right? He did that because he loves us. And then Satan come in and said, did God really say, right? He questions everything. And so we're like, did God really see? And so we have an indoctrination since, you know, the twenties, probably in the United States into the education program. And they've been indoctrinating children ever since. And you have it in now the governments and the political and you have it in Hollywood and you have it 
all of these places in rock music and you had there you know i like pastor um or brother spencer he goes there's no christian rock and so when you look at the history of rock and roll and where it comes from then you have to think to yourself whoa and so there is so much stuff going on in the world today and satan will disguise himself as light right he's gonna he's gonna make himself look good and so when you look at the asbury um, revival okay so do i want revival in the world not just the united states absolutely revival has to start with you yourself at first right you have to you got to revive what is going on. What did Jesus say? Return to your first love. Remember when he was talking to the churches in Revelation, he was saying, return to your first love. That's what we need to do. But I look at that. I did a video on it on my YouTube channel on the Asbury uh, air quotes here revival. And so, you know, you get attacked a lot for that. Um, and I did it early on during this quote unquote revival and i always hear that stuff from people well how could you say that how could you go against god's anointed and how could you blah 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 well let me tell you a little bit about um asbury revival and if better yet go watch the video but there was a lot of things that were very questionable and very concerning from a christian standpoint okay you have the lgbt alphabet soup running the prayer and worship okay there's something wrong there these children or these kids that are they need to be convicted where were they preaching the gospel i never heard the gospel i didn't see it and so you start looking around and you look at these things from an outside point of view as christians we are to discern the spirits we are to be discerners and so the first thing you do when you Look at these kind of things. And, you know, nobody's like attacking them or anything. You know, we are being discerners. Can people get saved during that? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Holy Spirit can convict you driving down the road, sitting on your couch, eating Cheetos. I always say that. But we need to discern. You can't just take everything like, oh, my gosh, whatever. No. Look at these churches and these so-called pastors and wolves, uh, sheeps and wolves clothing, sitting in pulpits preaching to the masses who do not know the word of God and they will listen to whatever that popular man tells them and itches their ears. It's all about you. All about praise and worship has come to all about you. It's all about you. It's not about God. It's not about Jesus. People think that worship is only music. Only no worshiping is everything that you do for God. Everything that you do. And it just it, it angers me. It absolutely angers me that this is going on in the world and people are not discerners they don't discern they just don't they just go oh yeah and then if anybody does discern you pharisee you legalist you blah 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 well you know read your bible that's how i can say read your bible but we got a lot of stuff to cover you guys um man i tell you what but the whole thing about the kids and the, the lgbt all this stuff the suicides you guys suicides depression and they have a whole name for it now they're just, just depressed because they have no hope they have no hope they don't know the truth they don't know the truth hollywood tells them this is okay this is okay teachers tell them it's okay little timmy you can be jane and jane you can be john and yeah what what is a kid you don't go to school to learn about that what are teachers even do? Why would teachers even care? Why are they involved in what the children's sexuality is? What that's that's demonic and that's demented and that is perverted. I'm telling you, that's what I feel about it. These are children. But you see the rise of suicides and you see the rise of depression. 
we should be concerned about this as Christians. We we need to go and love these kids, love these teenagers, love our neighbors, love love the the LGBTQ um, crowd. We need to tell them the truth. I'm telling you, if you don't tell them the truth, they will die and go to hell. And not only will they die and go to hell, they're going to live a life right now here on earth that is hell already. Because you, you can tell them, we're, we're going to talk about this. So is LGBTQ driving rising teen mental health issues? That's going to be one article um, that I'm going to focus on uh, during this podcast because um, I think it's very important. I think it is very important that we extend love and truth and truth to these people. You can't back away from the truth no matter what. You have to. The only thing that is going to save these people save them out of destruction number one save them from their sin save them from the depression the suicide and all of this stuff is jesus christ jesus christ is the truth he's the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except by him he is the only one that can save you He's the only one that can break those bonds of Satan. He's the only one. He's the only one that has the truth that these people so desperately need. Before another one commits suicide with somebody, would we as Christians go and talk to these people? Tell them the love of God. Show them another way. Show them what God has said about them. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. God made you the way you are. He knows your name. He knew your name in your mother's womb when he knit you together as a male or as a female. But we have Satan coming in. Did God say that you could only be a male? No, there's 35,100 other genders you could be. This is insanity. When they worshiped the creature rather than the creator we have fallen into a romans one culture the entire globe but not only the globe but the united states especially and when they make it a law in the united states and in canada and in australia and in the uk and everywhere else that you can't tell these people the truth of what god who loves them so much he gave his only begotten son so that they may have life and have it everlasting and abundantly. You can't tell them the truth. There's something wrong. You're going to go to prison if you tell this person what Jesus said, what the truth is, what the Bible said. That could save their life. Not only their life here on earth, but their eternal life. Oh, well, we're going to give you a fine. That's, you know, whatever. And then the folks over in the UK, they're going outside these abortion clinics and they're praying silently to themselves. They're being arrested for that. In what world did this seem that this would happen? Well, in the end days, Jesus told us what would happen in Matthew 24. He said what the world would look like and the world looks like that. The world looks exactly like Jesus said it would look today. They would be inventors of evil, haters, disobedient, lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, lovers of money, blasphemous, disobedient. I could go on and on from what the scripture says. And these are those days, proud, insolent, 
when you look at the LGBTQ community, what do you look at? What does their flag say? Pride. What does God hate? He hates pride. It is an abomination. That should tell you right there. It is a the LGBTQ is a slap in the face of God by Satan. Why was Satan cast down? Because I will be like the most high, he said. And God said, uh, no, you won't. <laughs> he cast him down and a third of his angels went with him. With his tail, Satan uh, slung him down, right? And where did he get the lightning bolt? All these satanics. You see all that were in the lightning bolt. You may not know them as Satan uh, satanics or Satan worshipers. You may not know them as that, but their symbolism will tell you. And if you don't know what their symbolism is, you're not going to know. You have no idea. The lightning bolt represents Satan's fall from heaven when God cast him out. And so look a little closer at the people that you idolize. Look at the look closer to the people that you follow and that you think are, oh my gosh, these great people. And they may even say that they are Christians, but they're not. Anyway, guys, I, I get upset about this because these are people's eternal lives. These are eternity. This hell is for eternity. Eternity. This is not just a here and now thing. You're not just going to die and that's going to be end. You're going <laughs> to, you know, what do they call it? Annihilism. No. That's not how this works. It's like the commercial. That's not how any of this works. Guys, if you believe the Bible as I believe the Bible, then we need to get in gear. My mom would say, get your butt in gear. So she would say, you better get your butt in gear. That's what we need to do. We need to get our butts in gear and go out and witness to people. What's the worst that they can do? Do you throw you in jail? What's the worst that they can do? Do you make fun of you? What's the worst that they can do? Mock you, get angry, hit you, spit on you? What's the worst that they can do? Can they kill your soul? No. Can they kill your body? Yes. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. So, kill me and I'm going home. But if they die, where are they going? They're going to hell. You see the thing? Um, these young folks that are caught up in all of this stuff, that don't know God, they have no hope. They have no hope. They look around this world today, and I give you guys uh, prophecy updates. I bring headlines together, and I tell you how it points to Bible prophecy. I'm like, this is what God said was going to happen. Look at the headlines. This is what is happening. We have hope. When we see these things happen as Christians, we're not defeated. We're not, as they call them, doomsdayers. We're not panicking. We're not building bunkers. We're not, no, we're not doing any of that. We're not freaking out. We're not fearful, cowering in our closets somewhere or in our basements. No, we are looking up for the return of Jesus Christ to come and take us home. That is our blessed hope. Jesus said, when you see these things begin, begin, sorry, begin to happen, hold your head up high because your redemption draws near. What do you think our redemption is? That is Jesus coming to take his bride, which is us. We are the bride of Christ, the church. 
He's coming to take us home to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Folks, <laughs> I may not be able to eat a lot of food here on earth. <laughs> I feel like the Apostle Paul. He had a, you know, he had that thorn in his side. Well, I've got a thorn myself. And I think about it this when I get to heaven, man, I'm going to have ice cream. I'm going to have, man, brownies do. Man, I'm going to have bread. Woo, Lord Jesus, I'm going to feast, right? Jesus has prepared it for us. And when you look at John chapter 14, what does that tell you? What did God say? What did Jesus tell us? He says, in my father's house are many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also. And you know the way. I love it. I, that's our promise. We know that Jesus has gone to prepare a room for us on the Father's house. Now, if you haven't seen Before the Wrath, what are you waiting for? Go watch Before the Wrath. Let me know. Let me know if you've watched that movie because that explains it. That totally explains all of this, the rapture, the seven years, it explains everything. What are you guys waiting for? Uh, I guess that's enough commentary for today, but we're going to jump into this article because um, not just the kids that are affected into this LGBT garbage, but adults, young adults, you see who they target. And these drag cells are absolute wickedness, demonic wickedness and if you think that it is okay for those to occur in uh, uh libraries schools i don't even care i don't care where they put them they're nowhere to be there should be happening anywhere but if you think children that's okay to bring your child to something like that you better check yourself <laughs> you better check yourself because something's wrong with you something is wrong with you in the new hershey commercial there in canada <laughs> It's celebrate Women's Day. So who do we have? A man dressed as a woman to celebrate Women's Day. Yeah. Where, where are all the feminists that you think they'd be upset about this? <laughs> and all these men, they call themselves trans women. They're not trans, they're men. They're men. They're cowards. They are losers because they can't win against men. They have to compete against women. Yes. If you think that's okay, something's wrong, why aren't women upset about this? A lot of us are. <laughs> I know when I competed in high school and in junior high, I would have been furious if I had some dude come over there and, you know, try to uh, run in track or whatever. What is going on? But the Lord said he would turn them over to a reprobate mind to do those things that are unseemly. And look what's going on. Look, look, folks. I've got to tell you, all you got to do is turn on a commercial and you'll see a reprobate society and culture. It means they have no reason. That's what that means. You have no reason when God has turned you over to a reprobate. But you think that it is okay for a man to dress like a woman to go into a little kid's bathroom. You think it's all right for Bubba to go into Target's women's bathroom with your five-year-old daughter in there. You think that's okay. That's a reprobate mind. You think it's okay for these demonic, these demonic drag queens to go into a library and perform in front of your children? You think that's okay? That is a reprobate mind. And the drag queens themselves are reprobate. They don't know. So what should we be doing? Should we hate them? No. 
Absolutely not. We need to hate the sin. Yes. But somebody has to tell these people the truth. Somebody has to. Somebody has to show them the love of Jesus Christ. Real love. True love that comes only from God the Father. Only from Jesus Christ. Anyway. Guys, let's jump into this uh, article. This is at missionamerica.com, posted by Linda Harvey. And it was uh, uploaded on March the 1st of 2023. And it says, is LGBTQ driving rising teen mental health disorders? In the most privileged, affluent country in the history of the world, our young people are experiencing a sharp rise in mental health problems and suicide attempts. What could be more ironic? American kids should be happy, healthy, wholesome, brave, virtuous, respectful, and grateful. Instead, many are tormented in traveling down treacherous roads that will lead to further instability, physical risk, and long-term unhappiness. And spiritual darkness is consuming many of them. And it is surely no coincidence that they're also... Uh, that there's also a sharp rise in teens professing LGBTQ identities. As those disorders increase, so do teen struggles. Or perhaps it's the opposite. Too many of our children are unstable for lots of reasons and then gravitate to sexual gender dysfunction. Yet too many schools adamantly refuse to see the connection and roll back the blatant promotion of these behaviors. The Centers for Disease Control just released a report of its latest youth risk behavior survey. With a summary of results for the last 10 years, the trends are horrifying. Some problems can be attributed to the COVID shutdowns, but the truth is the pandemic merely revealed the instability of America's populace, and our kids suffer as a result of mom, dad, family disorders. So the YRBS, which is the Youth Risk Behavior Survey, samples a representative segment of 9th to 12th graders every two years in public, private, and some Catholic schools. In 2021, the latest year for which results are available, 10% of female high school students attempted suicide, and 42% of high school schoolers or high schoolers reported being so sad and hopeless for two weeks in a row that they stopped doing their usual activities. CDC reports that overall virtually every indicator of poor teen health or poor teen mental health rose uh, between 2011 and 2021. Girls report a higher incident of mental health issues. You would think with the laser focus on the rights of women that girls would feel more hopeful than ever. Perhaps feminism is not the answer after all. Of course, any faithful believer could tell us that feminism brings more discontent because it suppresses the best of a womanhood the authentic biological god uh, the author uh, accentuates so let's look um, at the students who specifically in this survey identified as lesbian gay bisexual or unsure unfortunately the questionnaire asked teens to put these sin labels on themselves and that's bad enough identifiers for gender confusion are not part of the current results yet these student uh, categories could be helpful if if understood and applied correctly. All, almost 70% of students in same-sex relationships report a feeling of sadness or hopelessness. And on virtually every other risk factor survey, the LGBTQ group reported higher risk behaviors than their heterosexual peers. Almost 25% of this group attempted suicide. There is likely a fair amount of overlap with the 10% of females reporting suicide attempts. 
Um, so more LGBTQ students responded yes compared to their heterosexual peers to questions such as having ever had sex, being less likely to use a condom during sex, having four or more sexual partners over their lifetime so far, marijuana use, electronic vape uh, use, vapor use, current alcohol use, have uh, having ever used Ill- illicit drugs, ever misused prescription opioids, being threatened or injured with a weapon at school, not going to school because of safety concerns concerns and being electronically bullied or being bullied at school Uh, at higher levels this group also reported being forced to have sex experiencing sexual violence by anyone in the past year experiencing persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness seriously considering attempting suicide made a suicide plan attempted suicide was injured in a suicide attempt and experienced unstable housing in the last 30 days. They said they were less likely to feel connected to people at school. Then let's look at another alarming indicator, the author says. The rise in the number of teens identifying as, quote, sexual minority, the term the CDC uses. The latest figures for this are from the 2019 report, and it showed 15.7% of teens identified as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or unsure. The largest group among these was bisexual. From anecdotal evidence, it's fair to assume this percentage has risen to an even higher level in 2023. Uh, says this picture becomes even more dismal in looking at young adults just after high school. Recent Gallup resort, uh, research reports almost 20% of Gen Z Americans identify as LGBTQ. Our youth have been sold sexual misbehavior and we are now reaping its rotten fruits. In the Gallup survey, the Gen Z group contained 1.9% who called themselves transgender. The CDC report uh, assumes the LGBTQ identifiers in the YRBS are a separate biological group, referring to them as a sexual minority perpetuating the false narrative that people are born this way. This, quote, public health, unquote, agency fails to address that elephant in the room. No one is born homosexual, bisexual, non-binary, or born in the wrong sex body. There is no evidence supporting this claim and a wealth of evidence disputing the inborn narrative, but revealing developed desires, which can and should be undeveloped for optimal health and well-being. That well-documented option, the hope for change, is not presented to students by the CDC and seldom in public schools. The hard-nosed reputation guarding the LGBTQ activist community continues to maintain that attempts to change sexual orientation or gender identity should be banned, propped up by phony testimony from the likes of deviant Sam Britton. Cooperating with the sexual authoritarians, some states and communities have enacted these immoral bans. The good news is that courts are beginning to toss out these bans as discrimination, listening to plaintiffs who disclose the fabricated framework underlying these tyrannical laws. The CDC's blatant LGBTQ activism in our nation's schools should also be exposed and ended because of its obvious civil rights violation, not to mention the refusal to actually follow the science and the failure to the failure of the gay gene research. Back to the teens and the YRBS. For years, many of us have been saying that the poor risk factors reported by the LGBTQ, whatever, identifying students is not, as the CDC claims, the result of, quote, stigma, unquote, and disapproval by family and friends. While that certainly may be a sad reality for some, the truth is that the kids who label themselves in this way already have emotional problems preceding the sexual gender misbehavior and that largely 
um, explain and, and that largely explains their experimentation. These lost kids are flailing their arms, trying to find an anchor. Sexual or gender confusion are not the answer, even though many teachers in classrooms uh, lessons today tell them that it is. Parents need to speak up before your child's life becomes the next one captured by such destructive influence. And the author says one positive element measured in this survey was the level of monitoring by parents in a student's life. And unsurprisingly, the teens who reported more parent involvement were less likely to have these mental health struggles. Let's keep praying, speaking out uh, to stand up against the destructive promotion of sexual and gender distortion and together seek the best outcomes for our kids. Once again, that article is from Linda Harvey. Guys, it's the truth. It is the truth we are we have got to talk to these kids and my dog agrees we have to get out and talk to these kids because if we're not talking to them well you dang sure know those uh lgbtq um uh gestapo is so it's about time for us christians to get up stand up and speak the truth to these children before it's too late for them before one of them become a statistic if you know somebody like that, um, now's the time to get involved in their lives. However you can. However you can. Plant that seed. Let the Holy Spirit um, take care of it from there. Um, you know what else, guys? A lot of stuff. Lots of stuff going on. Food crisis grows as number of beef cows drops to lowest level in 60 years. ProphecyNewsWatch.com. Uh, from the Economic Collapse blog from you know, our, our one of our soon becoming favorites here on this program or on this podcast is Michael Snyder. So this is posted at the 3rd of March yesterday. So Americans need to be prepared to eat a lot less beef <laughs> because the size of the national uh, cattle herd is steadily shrinking. And of course, this is happening in the context of much larger cities. He says, as he detailed in the previous article, even CNN is admitting that we are currently in the midst of the worst food crisis in modern history. But even though children are literally dropping dead from starvation on the other side of the planet, a lot of people here in the United States refuse to take this crisis seriously. As long as their stomachs are full, they think that everything is just fine. But the truth is that conditions are also starting to get tight here in the United States. According to the latest biannual report from the USDA, the number of beef cows in this country has fallen to the lowest level since 1962. Since 1962, you guys, the USDA's biannual cattle report showed that as of January the 1st of 23, there is a 89.3 million head inventory, which is 3% lower than the total from a year ago and the lowest since 2015 of that number, 38.3 million cows and heifers have calved. Additionally, there are 28.9 million beef cows, which are those explicitly bred for slaughter in meat cells as of the start of this year, which is down nearly 4% from last year and the lowest uh, the agency has recorded since 1960. Two folks in 1962 184 million people lived in the united states today that number has risen to 331 million so we have a problem michael says but even though beef prices have been soaring most americans don't realize the gravity of the shortage yet because we are still eating cattle that were slaughtered some time ago and according to livestock economic uh economist uh kenny burdine uh cattle production's downward trend does not seem like it will reverse in 2023 
University of Kentucky's uh, Kenny uh, Burdine and James Mitchell extend, Extension Livestock Economics uh, for the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture recently explained, that was a mouthful, guys, recently explained there was no question that the beef cow herd had gotten smaller and that the cattle production's downward trend does not seem like it will reverse in 2023. There is a pretty uh, substantial biological lag in the beef supply chain, Mitchell noted. What consumers experience um, at the grocery store is a product of what cattle producers were going through a year or two ago it takes about two years for a new calf to become the steak on your dinner plate that's true guys at least you, know, you got to go the yearlings and you got calves and spring and yeah anyway anyway so the corporate media is already calling beef quote a luxury meat end quote and prices are inevitably going to go a lot higher in the months ahead so if you love beef you should stock up now. Better yet, do you know a local farmer, rancher? That's where you need to be buying your beef from, you guys. And if you live in the Texas Panhandle, there's a couple. One, there's Pie Dom Beef in Nazareth, Texas. That is Alan Birkenfeld and family. Um, grass-fed, grass-finished beef. He does uh, deliver monthly. And so he'll go, I do believe, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas. And I want to say Colorado. Anyway, go to Piedom, P-A-I-D-O-M. You can find him on uh, Facebook as well. Um, get out there and uh, get into connections with him. And I'm telling you, it's great beef. Another one is Schulte Beef. Schulte Beef out of Nazareth, um, Texas. Also has grass-fed, but not grass-finished beef. It's, I think it's finished with grain. Um, but it is grass-fed all the way up until their finishing process there. So I'm not for sure how long... Uh, they're off of the grass. But then again, I'm going to tell you what, it's a whole lot better than what you're buying in your grocery store, if it's even meat. <laughs> you know, Bill Gates has already got those manufacturing plants going. Boy, they're making that meat out of sales. You know, biological cells, fake meat, laboratory meat. That ought to make you just, ugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Folks. Find you a local rancher. If you know of any local ranchers that you want to add on to this program and you want me to um, tell you all about, just shoot me an email and I will be sure um, to read them here on the podcast so that they can get some love because I tell you, that's your best supply right there is local farmers and ranchers because you know where it's coming from. <laughs> anyway, and so meanwhile, food shortages continue to intensify all over the globe. In Yemen, literally millions of children suffer from acute malnutrition at this point. Folks, that's millions of children. Mm. The Global Hunger uh, Index currently ranks Yemen the worst in the world for level of hunger. Millions of Yemen children, Yemeni children, in some areas, as much as 95%, according to doctors in those areas that I spoke to, he says, suffer from acute malnutrition. The resulting study of physical development had me convinced, he says, that I was in a kindergarten classroom. And in fact, he says... He was meeting with eight and nine-year-olds, and those children were, as a colleague unnervingly put it, the lucky ones. In North Korea, ordinary citizens are reportedly dropping dead on the streets every day due to the severe famine that has taken place in that nation. It is considered to be the worst famine in three decades for the country. In Somalia, the longest and most severe drought in that country's history has produced unprecedented uh, suffering about 1.3 million people 80 percent women and children have been internet internally displaced in somalia by the drought sweeping the horn of africa after five consecutive poor rainy seasons the ongoing drought has already become the longest and most severe in somalia's recent history 
close to 23 million people Folks, listen to these numbers. Close to 23 million people are thought to be highly food insecure in Somalia, Ethiopia, and Kenya, according to a food security working group chaired by the UN Food and Agricultural Organization and the Regional Intro-Governmental Authority on Development. Sadly, most of us in the Western world don't care about poor people on the other side of the globe. So he says, let me give you an example from the Western world. So he says, in the UK, the largest supermarkets are now strictly rationing many fruits and vegetables. The UK's largest supermarket, Tesco and discounter um, Aldi, have said they are putting limits of three per customer on sales of tomatoes, peppers, and cucumbers. Um, Asda has capped sales of lettuce, salad, bags, broccoli, cauliflower, and raspberry punnets to three per customer, along with tomatoes, peppers, and cucumbers. I'm sorry, I'm not sure what a punnet is. It is a P-U-N-N-E-T-S. Pune? Who knows? I'm just a Texas girl. Anyway, add, and Morrison's has set limits of two on cucumbers, tomatoes, lettuce, lettuces it says and peppers so and it is being reported that approximately 22 percent of all british households skipped meals or even fasted for a whole day in january a british ngo has warned that as many as four million children are now in food poverty amid the ongoing cost of living crisis uh the survey on behalf of the food foundation and ngo which promotes healthy eating found that 22 percent um 22% households said they had skipped meals or even fasted for a whole day in January this year. It increased on the 12% reporting the same at the start of last year. This is really happening, Michael says. But it can be really easy for those that still have plenty of food to turn a blind eye to the suffering of others. Sadly, this is just the beginning. Global food production will continue to drop precipitously in the years ahead, no matter what our leaders do now. We are running out of topsoil. Fertilizer supplies will become insanely tight in the years ahead, and trillions of extremely small particles of plastic are literally raining out of the sky on farms all over the planet many of our leaders understand what is going to happen but they don't want to alarm the general public those that are wise will see what is happening and will get prepared what do i always say you better get you some food you better get you some food At this point in time you better get you some seed better get you some seeds to plant on your own grab you some topsoil if you can and um, get you some grow lots that would you know be my uh my uh way to you know combat a little bit of this and get to know your local farmers and ranchers you know mm. folks it's not a time to get freaked out and panic we are to prepare don't get scared get prepared <laughs> Uh, God gave us Bible prophecy not to scare us but to prepare us and I've been saying for a couple years now you better get you some food and I was going back through some of the stuff I have in my cabinets and I was looking at the prices and so um, I bought this it's, it's called Harry's um, you know it's like pancakes and different kind of mixes it's like a flour for people who have all kinds of weird things that they can't eat right and so the last one I bought was last year do you know how much that cost for the little package $3.69 while I was perusing at the Drug Emporium, I looked at a bag of that and uh, $7.89. I'm like, that was last year to this year. I was like, whoa, whoa, that's a 110% increase there. And uh, so I'm just telling you guys, you know, if you'd have been uh, preparing a while back, some of this stuff was a whole lot cheaper. 
You can remember getting, you guys remember going to the grocery store and, you know, picking up some Del Monte or like whatever for 50, 60, 60, 70 cents a can. Now it's $1.90, $2 to whatever, $1.89. And uh, you see things increasing. And not only that, but the quality of food is bad. It's very bad. Um, as Trump would say, it's very, very bad. Anyway, it's bad. Um, the quality of food has significantly decreased and not only from GMOs and all, like you can buy food. This is non GMO. That's great. That's what you want to buy. But you want to buy organic non GMO. But then again, even at that, it's still been, it's still been, uh, contaminated. I guess you could say adulterated as I would like to say. It's still not the same as it once was. And because uh, of all the pollutants in the air and in our water supplies, and we have literally are destroying this earth that God, you know, gave us that made for us. And so that's why I keep thinking back in Revelation, Jesus says he has to come back to destroy those who are destroying the earth. And it's not like farmers like myself, or like we, my family, you know, we're not now, none of us farm now. <laughs> we still have the farm, but we don't farm. Um, so, you know, but I go back and I look at stuff like that and, you know, what they have done to our food supply is, is angering, but people don't realize it because they don't know. And then you look at, okay, I want you to look at your, any package, anything you got in your refrigerator, anything you got in your cabinet, your, your pantry, whatever you guys call it, where you live and pull out a can of whatever or a bag of whatever. And I want you to read how many times it says natural flavors. And I'm not talking to you guys over in the UK and Europe and New Zealand and Australia and all the wonderful places over there. God bless y'all. Y'all have banned this garbage. But here in the United States, we have natural flavors. Natural. There's nothing natural about natural flavors. Folks, those are chemicals. Those are compounds. And they're to give it more flavor, to keep you addicted to this food. And you don't think they're already growing meat in labs and putting it in to the food supply? That's what I think. I th I've thought that for a while. You look over. I'm in the UK and they actually have that for sale now. Lab-grown meat should make you vomit. It should be, Here, why don't you just have this cricket burger? Here's a mealworm sandwich. Why don't you eat some of that? God gave us meat. He gave us that. It's got a sweet aroma. <laughs> Cook you up some ground beef. Have you a steak? That's what's for dinner. Beef. We love it here in Texas. Um, I just want to tell you guys. You might want to grab you some beef. Get you some meat. Another place that I like to grab food from, and no, these people don't sponsor nothing. <laughs> Just a teeny person here is Keystone. Um, if you guys uh, need some Keystone, they have turkey, they got chicken, I believe, and ground beef um, in cans. And the only thing it has is water <laughs> and beef, or water and chicken. And so, um, if you haven't checked, and my dog is all about that. Somebody just rolled flying by on some uh, motorcycle. He does not like motorcycles. Ooh, he hates them. He doesn't like loud noises. Yeah, he's just not a big thing. But they've been in business for over 60 years. Over 60 years. And they do everything without artificial ingredients. Nothing. They cook it. They put it in a can with some water. And they ship it to you. That's it. It's Keystone. 
K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E meets Keystone meets Dugger. And you can actually grab that at Walmart. You can get it on Amazon. Amazon's expensive. Um, but Walmart, you can actually kind of get it at Walmart. I don't shop at, I mean, I actually do now. I used to not. But I order a lot of stuff from Walmart because I'm not going there to check myself out and bag my own stuff. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> Texas, we don't do that. I remember a long time ago here in Amarillo, we had a... Uh, we had an Albertsons uh, grocery store close. We had several of them close, as a matter of fact. But this other store came in, and um, it's kind of like a warehouse thing. And they kind of went in, and you got what you wanted. You added 10% to whatever you bought, because I don't know why, but that's what it is. And so I get there, and the lady goes, and I was waiting for her to bag my stuff. And she was looking at me, and I was looking at her. She was looking at me, and I was looking at her. <laughs> and I was like, uh, hello, you know. Oh, honey, you got to bag your own stuff here. You got you got to do that yourself. That's why the that's why these prices are so cheap. I'm like they're not really cheap because it's added ten percent to what I bought. But okay. And I told her I said you guys aren't gonna last six months. And because she, she goes we're from Georgia, you know they're they're uh, they're grocery stores from Georgia and they brought it here to Texas and they thought woo <laughs> they didn't last six months. I pretty much hit the nail on that head. No, that's that's not how we do things in Texas. We have um. Uh, we have a United. We have a grocery store called United. United grocery stores used to be family owned, great, and they got bought out by Albertsons, and so it kind of went crap from there. But they bag your groceries, they bring them to your car, they load them in their vehicle, and they say you have a blessed day. And I said, thank you. You have a blessed day too. That's how we do things in Texas. <laughs> so anyway, with Walmart, I I tell you how long it's been since I went into Walmart. I don't shop at Walmart. I do not go into Walmart. If I want it, I order it, right? I have the app. I pay the 12 bucks, whatever a month. They deliver it to my house. <laughs> Bagged and everything. I'm like, yeah, I like that. So I ran into Walmart one day to get something. I use this by canned food. Like I try to get some, this canned stuff is all I usually get there in like home supplies and stuff, right? And so I was out and about and I had a dog customer um, on that side of town. So I just ran into a Walmart real quick and I looked around like there's no, there no checkout stands. It was all self-checking. I'm like, what? is this all about and so that's what it is so if i'm gonna order something i'm gonna order it um on my phone and have it delivered to my house and then i will tip that person pretty good by the way um for delivering it you know because i'm not gonna go up there bag my that's ridiculous where has a customer service gone customer service is non-existent and that's kind of taken away from I look at society today, and I'm sure you guys too. Everybody's faces are in their phones. You know, you go to a restaurant, people's faces are in their phones. I'm pulling a drive-thru. You have to honk the horn because they're looking at their phone. You know, nobody has conversations anymore. Nobody sits down, talks to people. You know, nobody, like in waiting rooms. I think I told you this story not too long ago. And I was in my uh, allergist's waiting room, and I was sitting there. We're all sitting there, right? And, of course, the bathroom door was, like, stuck, and the one lady almost couldn't get out. And, of course, we all kind of giggled about it, you know. And none of us were looking at our phones, amazingly. We're all probably in our 40s, 50s, maybe some a little older. One guy was a, little, a lot older. And uh, so two guys went in there, and, boy, they got to working on it, you know. And the older man, he's like, he, will, he pulled out his little multi-tool um, thing out of his pocket. We carry those in Texas. My daddy always said, if you don't have a knife, what kind of man are you? You know, he goes, you got to carry a knife. 
like that whole shirt, that's not a knife, this is a knife, and he went so much, my dad always said this, this old man pulled that out, and boy, he had a little screwdriver on, and they like lifted that door, and they, they had tightened the hinges back up, because it had sagged, and so, because I had gone in, and I didn't think I was going to get out of the bathroom, so we all giggled and chuckled, and so we all kind of got together there in the living, in the living room, I want to say, in the waiting room, and uh, fixed the door, so nobody else would get trapped in the bathroom there, <laughs> but it was kind of cool to have that, you know, and since cell phones have come about, Nobody does that anymore. Nobody has conversations. I remember standing in line at grocery stores. You just turn around and you would talk to the person behind you or in front of you and you just kind of congregate. I don't know if they probably don't do that in New York, I'm sure, or whatever. But in Texas, we do that. That's how we used to do things. And so um, I look around the world today. Nobody does that. There's no uh, society. They all call it um, social media. It's social media. And I look at the Bible and I remember what Satan says in the Bible. God says he is the prince of the air. He's the prince of the air. All this stuff. TV airwaves. Tell a vision. Cell phone. There is. Oh, it's all this in the air. There's like. You know what I mean? And so nobody talks to each other anymore. Nobody has a meaningful relationships really anymore. And that's I think a breakdown of society. And that that's sad. That's sad. And um I just look at the world today, and it's just not like it was when I was a kid. We'd go grab our little BMX bikes, and remember, man, we could, like, have so much fun. And, you know, you go outside until it was dark, and your mom was yelling at you to come in, and you had to come inside, you know, and wash your hands and get ready to eat dinner. And we'd all sit down as a family and eat dinner. That doesn't happen. Does that happen anymore? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know, you guys. It's just not the same. not the same as it was when I was a kid. And I remember my parents saying, this is not the same when I was a kid, you know, and I guess all of us say that as we get older, but I look at society today and I remember my mom telling me, and I was probably about four or five and she would say, you know, I, I never thought I would see this. She was saying how bad it was then, how bad it was then. I'm 47. And so that was probably back in the seventies, like 79 or something. Mommy and Mom would say that. I was like, you know. And we all thought like the movies and the stuff from the 80s was all wholesome and everything. <laughs> I got to watching some of that stuff. I'm like, well, that is not wholesome. I was just too young to know what that meant, you know. And so where has the innocence of childhood gone? Where is that? That's what's sad. All these kids are indoctrinated. They are groomed from the beginning of all the sexuality and um, all of this, you know, homosexual agenda and all of this crap. This trans Satan is in it, boy, to get our children. He wants to kill, steal, and to destroy. And that's what he wants to do. That's what he's doing. He hates God. He hates us. He hates the human creation. He hates us because we're made in the image of God. He hates us. When is people going to realize that? <laughs> and he hates Christians even more. And I know a lot of people who are under... Um, demonic attack, satanic attack. And so if you work with people um, who are not Christians or openly um, about this agenda or they are openly witches and they're openly going to psychics and say, oh, I see ghosts and like we see, you know, whatever. Folk, go, they're, they're demons. They are demons. They see demons. They are going to these um, people, um, psychics and crap, the demonic witchcraft. The Bible says this is sorcery. Pharmacaea is where we get our word from in, in, in English. It's where you get the word drugs, pharmacaea, sorcery. The Bible says get away from that. So if you are in a situation where you work with somebody like that and you're being attacked and you don't know why, like all things are going bad, you're like, what is going on? Like, what is going on? <laughs> 
Why is this happening? <laughs> Just know you're being attacked because you are a Christian. And what did Jesus tell us in this world? You will have trials and you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, Jesus says. Remember that. Hello, we're going to have trial and tribulations. But how are we to react to those trial and tribulations? <laughs> it takes us a while. Me, I'm telling you, it takes me a while. I have to get chastised for a while. If the Lord doesn't love you, he's not chastising you. So if he loves you, you're going to be chastised. Know that he loves you. That's why he does that. He wants you to be better. And you'll repeat the same thing over and over and over. If you ever come across that in life, um, that's because you haven't learned the lesson God wants you to learn. So anyway, you know, but as I say, if you are in a situation where all this is going on, just know, just know that God will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not. He's with you. Cast your burdens upon the Lord because he cares for you. And what's the big thing that we need to learn from this? Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, 10. And I'm going to pull that up in the Bible. And that's what we're going to end with today. Uh, oh, another thing. I like this. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Jeremiah 20, 2011. 20, Everybody says 2011. No, this is 2011. And so listen to this. I'm going to go back up here. I'm going to scroll back. It says, but the Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. What? That's what the Bible says. Verse 12 goes on to say, but O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them, for I have pleaded my cause before you. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the poor from the hand of evil doers. What? Get in the word of God, you guys. <laughs> but I'm going to go. I use the olive tree um, salt Bible software. So if you guys grab that, that's really good. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter six. I'm going to start in verse 10. And uh, this is great. So if you find yourself, if you find yourself um, being oppressed, okay, not possessed, <laughs> a huge difference as Christians, we, you know, they can come after you and they can, you know, I'm telling you, they cannot possess you. They cannot hurt you. Okay. Um, don't think that because greater is he that is in us and he that is in the world. And if they, anything is coming, you speak the name of Jesus because the Bible says at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And they have to flee from you. The Bible says the name of Je Jesus is powerful. The most powerful name ever. Yeshua is our Lord God. And boy, I tell you, my, my little chihuahua is in total agreement with that. So uh, Jesus is the most powerful name. And so don't let them be afraid. Don't don't get afraid or anything like that. Don't think that way. Um, they have to flee at the name of Jesus. And so uh, I wanted to read you guys the whole armor of God. So if you find yourself in spiritual battle, spiritual attack, um, because Satan and his minions, demons, will attack you. They're going to come and attack you when you are doing God's work, whether that be health-wise, jobs, whatever. They're going to come against you. But I'm going to tell you something. You have got to put your faith in God. Put your faith in Jesus. Seek him. Seek the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. I could give you guys a testimony that just happened to me in like the last, what, month or so. The last few weeks, you guys. Um, so before we jump into the whole armor of God, I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. And so 
um, you guys knew I had I'd given my notice um, where I was working and I was going to work at another security company, which I do, you know, work for off and on to help out. He's a friend of mine. And um, you guys remember that I gave notice and that I was going to work that weekend. Um, and then I was going to take a, that rest of the week off, right? And then start my new job this Monday, starting, you know, this coming Monday on the 6th. But the job on the weekend was going to cover that, you know, so it was going to be like, like 500 and something dollars. And um, I was like, okay, great. Well, then I got there and what happened? They said, ah, they don't need me. I'm a female. I'm small and I'm not very intimidating and I'm old is basically what they had said. And so they told me they didn't need me. Not my company that I worked for, but the, the post that we were contracted with. Um, well, I'll tell you how great my bosses are are my captain and the owner of the company they dropped that contract and so um they said that no they're not gonna let people talk to their employees that way and i thought well that was fantastic and so anyway if you're in the emerald area and you do need security work i highly recommend flashpoint security uh services and so eli is fantastic i he's great he is actually a member of our armed forces and he is deployed right now but Anyway, um, if you guys do need that kind of security work and you're in the Texas Panhandle area, give them a shout. Um, anyway, um, but moving right along. And so I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Right. Well, I do own a small business and it's called Get Along Little Doggies for Pet Sitters and Dog Walkers. And, um, and so anyway, crazy, crazy. I'm like, how am I going to make up this money? You know, how am I going to make this up? You know, because rent's due and all this stuff. But I didn't really panic. I knew God would take care of everything. And I just kept reading and studying the word and I'm doing what he's called me to do, you know, making videos now and in podcasts and this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, my website was about to um, go down because I'm like, man, I can't, you know, I can't do everything and still pay for all this. Right. And so lo and behold, I don't know what happened, but the website is still up. Praise God. I'm still able to edit that. I don't know. It's all God. I have no idea what happened there, but praise the Lord. Um, that's still up. And um, I looked at what am I going to do? And all of a sudden, out of the blue, you know, I get this text message. Heather, I know this is very short notice. You know, this is Thursday. Um, but we're going out of town. Can you watch so-and-so-and-so-and-so Friday through Monday? I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, great, you know. So I had a couple of those happen. I picked up another dog walking customer. Um, and so that happened. And um, and so all kinds of things just kind of came about and worked out perfectly. God has a way of taking care of you it may not be the way that you think it may not be um any how you would even think it would happen but it happens right god always takes care of us so if you're in a situation and it looks impossible i'm here to tell you put your faith in god and he's going to work things out for you you don't even know how they got worked out but they got worked out and so praise be to god for that I just want to give a testimony, and uh, yeah, that's happened all throughout my life. Every time it looks like, oh man, I just you know, I just keep praying, reading my Bible, and uh, putting my faith in God. And I hope you guys can learn to trust God like that as well. I always say this: way, if we can trust Him to get us to heaven, why can't I trust Him with everyday life? You know, heaven's huge, death is major. You know, but if I have that peace within myself, knowing that He's going to take me to heaven when I die. Or hopefully they'll come and get me in the rapture and I won't have to die. You know, that'd be great too, right? Um, but how can I, I cannot, why can't I trust him with everyday life, right? And so when things look bleak, things look impossible, man, just get on your knees and uh, ask, you got to ask him to help you. 
You know, um, have you ever known those people that won't ask for help? They just not. I used to be that person. I've never asked for help. I remember that. You know, I can do this. No, no. The further the older I get, the more wiser you know the Holy Spirit is. You know, giving me wisdom on things. You know, I've grown and learned. Hopefully, um, no. No, we need to ask God for help. Always ask him. He's our heavenly father. When you were a kid, remember asking your dad all the time for help? Hey, dad, can you do Hey, dad, can you do whatever? Hey, mom, can you do, you know, yeah. We need to ask God. He wants to help us. He loves us. It's like he said, um, what is it when Jesus was telling that parable? Um, who of you, you know, would give your son a, a, a serpent if he asked for a fish? If you know how to give good things to your children, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give, you know, good gifts? So, so I'll look at it that way. So just ask the Lord to help you and he will. But um, back onto the spiritual attack. And so we will be under spiritual attack. And folks, it is so much more now so um, than I can just say in the last few years. Satan knows he has a short time. And so he's coming after Christians. He hates us. He absolutely he hates us. He hates us. He hates Jews. He hates people in general. He just hates us. And so uh all these ones that they're being demonically controlled. You have Beyonce and you have like all these people there. It's all a huge giant Satan worshiping fest up there. If you haven't seen that, if you can't figure that out by now, you know, I'm sorry that you're blinded by Satan himself. So we look at all this stuff and these people, they're, they're being led to hell too. They are. Satan doesn't care about them. He doesn't, he hates them. He doesn't care if they go to hell, but these people think, that, you know, this is great. But boy, when they wake up, it won't be so great. Oh, what was his name? I can see his face. He's that, that satanic guy. What was his name? Um, oh, my gosh. I can't think of his name. But anyway, when he died on his deathbed, his last words were, this is not right. This is not the way it's supposed to be. This isn't right. And so, you know, he went to hell. He went to hell. And uh, he's, he was, oh, man, I can't think of his name. He'd be... Uh, do what thou will. He's the one that, that, you know, coined that. That's a satanic phrase. Um, I'm sure you guys know. I can't think of his name right now. I can see his ugly face, though. But anyway, and the thing is, he's in hell. He is in hell. Hell is for eternity. And if that scares, hopefully, the hell out of you, I hope it does. Anyway, let's finish with the uh, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10, the whole armor of God. So finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand therefore stand therefore he says having girded your waist with the truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that it that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. That is the Apostle Paul. And so 
we look back at that. And so he, they, right there, the Apostle Paul tells us what we are to do. God tells us, put on the armor of God. Put on Jesus Christ. Christ is our righteousness. And so when you get down in the dumps and when you get a little, you know, oh, fearful or concerned, we like to say, get in the word of God. Let the word of God get into you. Put on the whole armor of God. And so I like that right there because the Apostle Paul is even saying, give me, when I always say that, may God give us boldness to speak. That's where I get that from. When I end usually in prayer, that's what I always say. I mean, for me, that others may be given to me, this is the Apostle Paul, that he may open my, he opened his mouth and so he open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which he is an ambassador in chains and that it, that in it he may speak boldly as I ought to speak, he says. Folks. We're going to end with that, uh, but I hope I gave you um, some some hope during this time, encouraged you guys a little bit. Um, we as Christians, man, we should be overjoyed. We should just be jumping for joy, dancing in the streets because we look around like Jesus said, when these things begin to happen, hold your head up high because your redemption draws near. So what are we to be doing? We are to be looking up looking up and waiting for the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So folks, get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, may God bless each and every one of you. And may He give you boldness to speak in His name today. Give you boldness to preach the gospel. Give you boldness to reach a lost and dying world and show them Jesus Christ and the love of Jesus Christ. And ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.